Hello and welcome back to Yuki Life Abroad in 2021. Season 2, let's go. Yeah, so I hope everyone enjoyed their Christmas and especially New Year's that happened last night for us. Yes, yes it did. Yeah, it was Malanka <laughs> last night. Yes, yeah. good point. Yeah. Good to celebrate at home, just <laughs> yeah. like we did with normal New Year's. <laughs> and Christmas as well, so... Yeah, we hope you all had a very happy Ukrainian Christmas and you all had smutchnoye kuti and varanneke and borscht and everything else that you were able to celebrate with your family in one big happy place. COVID safe, of course. Yeah. <laughs> and yes, and hopefully you were able to attend a Malanka either online or in person, hopefully, or you were, again, celebrated at home with your family. Yeah, true. What did you guys do for Christmas? At dinner, of course. Yeah, but... <laughs> of yeah, course. so we went, to Mama, we went to Mama and Tata's house and had the, like, traditional Dvonatit Strav. It was great. Lots of food. Very big food come over. And then we went to Midnight Mass. Oh, yeah, it was the first time for us because uh, previous times had only been during the day. This is the first time that we've done... Like, our church has done it at 12 o'clock that morning. Yeah, so the Father Simon did that so he could um, comply with the COVID safe laws in New South Wales at the time. Oh, so cool. It was good. It was a good turnout. So I think he might do it again next year. Yeah. I remember going to the midnight one at the Orthodox Church and that was pretty cool. Off a steaker. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty good. That was good. So midnight mass, it's a, it's a fun thing. But yeah, we went to Chotra's place and because we were limited to 10, um, we had less courses because we didn't have enough people to cook one of everything. And my favorite meal is like the, the fish in the jelly. Oh, the holodets. Yeah. holodets. And I uh, didn't get that this year. But what are you going to do? I said to Mama, we'll just make it during the year at some point outside of Christmas because I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's not like, I don't think it's like Kuchia where you can only have it at Christmas, really. Yeah, yeah you can make the nights whenever you want. It's good because we came up with a mad recipe last time and we're like, oh, we've got to try it again. Or extra chili on top. <laughs> no, we put, we put two salmon heads and the kingfish head in the pot for the stock, which becomes the jelly. Uh. So it's got a salmon-y kind of flavor in the stock. Anyway, so yeah, we've got some news stories. Uh, Alexa, take us away. What's What's been happening over the break? So yeah, whilst we've been off the air, um, a few interesting stories that have come up that we've kind of saved for our first episode of season two and the one that i wanted to discuss was that dynamo kiev has decided to issue cryptocurrency for its fans so i don't know to me that was quite interesting that a sports club is making a cryptocurrency what do you guys reckon it's weird but i know like once bitcoin blew up everything was doing like cryptocurrency well it's like the it's like the whole future now Really? Yeah, so they've partnered up with Moonwalk, which is a blockchain company that enables like different brands to create their own digital currencies for their fans or like community to be able to use. And um, Dynamo Cave is using it as another income revenue stream and they're going to allow fans to who purchase the cryptocurrency to be able to either get discounts on merchandise or discounts at... Uh, Olympiski Stadion where Dynamo Cave is based or like they can use it to attend VIP events so I think it's just kind of they're adding it to the brand so that you know the fans can become more involved and also like provide an alternative re- revenue stream I wonder how much one what's the name of it like the official title oh, um, they haven't said what it's going to be called they've just announced that they're creating it but... oh okay because I was wondering if you, could, if you could look it up it'd be great how much is one Dynamo Cave dollar. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> worth. Well, it's like a good investment because, like, it's the whole future. 
and it's where everything's going really do you guys remember dogecoin <laughs> yes yeah. right. <laughs> they, they, thing, yeah there's still a thing right but they had actually sponsored a nascar to race and so they had their dogecoin on the car as well what <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> How much I mean, is one I've, Dogecoin worth, Nathan? Um, I think they were even planning to, like, sponsor something into space. So. That's hilarious. Well, okay, Andre, because I know, I think Alexa can see this. How much do you think one Bitcoin is worth? Uh, I know Bitcoin's worth heaps, isn't it? It's over $15,000. One Bitcoin is equal to 49153 Australian dollars. Um, yeah, okay, I was way off. <laughs> yeah. um, so, is it back to its pre-crash high then it must be no i think it's higher now isn't it Uh, it's it's higher higher. damn it's like higher than 2018 that's crazy (laughs) um but dogecoin is like because bitcoin's the (laughs) nine one thousandths of a dollar i think (laughs) so wow there you go uh, yeah but like it's only like the big ones that are worth so much yeah but you gotta remember like bitcoin was like worth nothing at all. Like I remember one story where some guy paid, I think it was like a couple bitcoins for some pizza, and that would have been, uh, what like hundred mil, um, uh, sorry, a hundred thousand dollars if he had kept those bitcoins because he because it's it was easier to have a full bitcoin back then than it is to get one now. Yeah, and I was big on like the dark web because like there used to be a website called the Silk Road where people would like buy. Or like whatever illegal stuff they want to buy on the dark web. It was like a huge marketplace, and people would pay with Bitcoin. So I remember hearing that in like a YouTube video I was watching on the dark web, and I was like, "Oh, so there's this weird online currency thing." And I was like, "Oh, I wonder what that's worth." And I saw it, and it was like nothing. And then I just lost interest. But that was a mistake. Should have bought some. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's become so mainstream that a football club in Ukraine is making their own Bitcoin currency. Yeah, like their own cryptocurrency. Yeah, true. So, moving on from... Um, to another economics issue. Yes. Right. Have you guys heard of the Big Mac Index? No. I've heard <laughs> of it. It's, I, I think it's so, h- hilarious. Yeah. So, what it does is it, it compares... Um, it compares the value of the Big Mac from a, across the world and it compares their pricing because... Because how because sta- of how standardized the Big Mac is, in that they know how like, what it takes to cook it, what it takes to prep it, what it takes to pay the workers, what it takes to create the Big Mac. In a sense, they can determine how much the currency is meant to be worth compared to the U.S. dollar, and so because the U.S. since it's the corporate home of McDonald's, it's seen as like the base valuation of how much a Big Mac should cost. Yes. Okay. So currently, a Big Mac in Ukraine costs around sixty-two hryvnias, while in the US, a Big Mac is valued at around five dollars sixty-six US. And so, based off the Big Mac index, uh, one US dollar should buy you ten point nine five hryvni for them to equal the same. But in reality, one US dollar buys you. The US dollar is worth twenty-eight hryvnia. Uh, so it's pretty much more than doubled. Yeah. So, uh, so according to the Big Mac index, the Ukrainian hryvnia is undervalued by sixty-one percent, and by its calculations, Ukraine is the fifth most undervalued currency in the world. The most undervalued being the Lebanese pound, followed by the Russian ruble, the Turkish lira, 
and the South African Rand. Hmm. Um, yeah, so it shows how poor the Ukrainian revenue is worth compared to um, the big uh, to uh, to the US dollar, really. Yeah, and we should say that the Swiss franc is considered the most overvalued currency according to the Big Mac franc, uh, according to the Big Mac index, followed by the Swedish krona and the Norwegian krona. So it's an interesting index. I think like it was made as a joke, but it's sort of become like a standard thing. Of- well, like it doesn't like the problem is is that it doesn't have like. Um, it's like limited in some ways because it's not taking con- into consideration other aspects as well. Yeah, it doesn't take into account like c- like certain factors, but it's like a you know it's a quirky index, and I think a lot of people find it quite interesting because everyone can relate to a Big Mac, and it's quite an easy concept to explain. I like the part when they talk about how how many hours you would have to earn in order to afford a Big Mac in that particular country. So, like, for example, this stats from 2015. Um, if you, the fastest earned country is Hong Kong, you would have to work for 8.6 minutes in order to earn a Big Mac in Hong Kong. So, the slowest country is Kenya, and you would have to work for 172 minutes, which is over two hours. It's almost three hours. It's almost three hours uh, in order to earn one Big Mac. So, yeah. Oh, and Ukraine is on that list. They're number six. You'd have to work for 54 0.7 minutes in order to earn a Big Mac in Ukraine. So basically an hour for one Big Mac versus eight minutes in Hong Kong for one Big Mac worth of money. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Oh, 10 minutes in America to earn one Big Mac. <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised that they're that fast. I wonder if that takes into consideration like tips and stuff that people earn. I think it's more that like the index isn't actually showing like how fast it takes someone to be able to buy a Big Mac, really. It's just how well their economy is doing yeah, it's like versus the, fact that the things, that, like the necessities they need to buy. Yeah, because it's like pretty much looking at, um, it's, just, it's, it's not looking at what the value of the currency is, it's more looking at the economy at that point. And so the Big Mac index is, is just really like a measure of like, it's more of a comparison. It's like something that you can compare to and that everyone knows that they can compare to it. Yeah, so the yeah one of the major criticisms of the Big Mac Index is that it ignores a large chunk of the world in that a lot of countries in Africa don't have enough data. Especially in the Middle East as well, doesn't have yeah. data. But, you know, it is what it is, and I think it's an interesting story. So for our final story, uh, we're going to be looking at the uh, US Navy and their relations with Ukraine, which we've kind of been posting a lot about lately because there's been a lot of updated uh, updates regarding this so in 2021 uh ukraine is going to receive three island class patrol boats from the u.s bringing the total number of island class patrol boats to five so this kind of goes along with ukraine's plan they've had over the last would you say few years to beef yeah, up their navy the invasion of crimea yeah so uh additionally Naval servicemen are set to, or that are set to serve on these new uh, patrol boats. They've arrived in the U.S. for a ten-week training course, uh, which the U.S. is providing because obviously you know just want to give them boats and they don't know how to use them. So yeah, I thought that was really good, and it shows you know that strength between Ukraine and the U.S., particularly on the war or in the war effort that Ukraine is going. Um, it also shows through. that the U.S. is interested in maintaining, or. Well, uh, uh, NATO maintaining some uh, control in the Black Sea or more control on the Black Sea. 
Yeah, and so with these three additional boats, Ukraine will now be able to form a squadron of the island-class boats, and they're going to be stationed on the not far from Odessa. And then I think they're going to move and build like a proper major naval base in Ochakiv, which is near the mouth of the Dnipro River. And then they're also currently building a proper naval base in the Sea of Azov. So a lot of money being pumped into the Navy at the moment. And it, well, it's important for Ukraine to really focus on this because once uh, Crimea is returned, um, Ukraine's going to have a big issue in trying to maintain its control uh, in this area because Russia's obviously going to still be interfering uh, with Krem. And so uh, Ukraine needs to put a lot of effort into being able to maintain and even resist um attempts to overthrow its control yeah, in the, the region. F- and given the fact how easily like they were able to lose those patrol boats a few years ago, you kind of need, you know, these well not patrol boats before. What what boats did they lose before? So are you referring to the Kerch, Kerch incident, incident? Or yes. when so they lost two um they lost quarters are patrol boats, but they're like little cutters. So they're more for like patrolling, but Ukraine was trying to Move them to the Black Sea, to the Azov, oh, to sea. the sea, um, the Sea of Azov, so they could, you know, establish a naval presence there and be able to better, you know, stand Solidify. up to Russia yeah. in that region. Yeah, well, if they have now with these five boats there, I mean, hopefully now there's going to be more of a stronger presence so that they can back up any issue or any attempted Russian interference. Yeah, yeah. that that they that they try. But uh, yeah, we'll see what happens when these finally arrive. Thank you for listening to our first episode of 2021 and stay tuned for more exciting and new content that we have planned for this year. And as always, let us know which stories you'd like to hear by reaching out to us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Join us next week for more UK Life Abroad content.